The Direct Access Marketers Podcast is a place where we'll interview some of the most influential people in the physical therapy industry to help you, the clinic owner, achieve more with your clinic and your business. Our goal is to keep you up to date with the most cutting-edge knowledge that's making the most impact for our PT business owners. You'll also be learning from other physical therapy business owners in their journey in clinic ownership as well. So without further ado, let's bring out our podcast guests. What's up, everyone? I am here with Nathan Shields, the founder of ptoclub.com. CEO of Rise Diagnostics, co-founder of Rise Rehabilitation Specialists in Arizona. Um, and Nathan grew that clinic to four locations in four years and eventually sold it. Is that is that correct, Nathan? Yeah, that's a very truncated version of it. <laughs> I've been a PT clinic owner since 2002 um, and, event, and eventually then along with the help of my partner, business partner, Will Humphreys, he and I grew it to the point where we sold it back in, uh, what was that, 2015? No, 2018. Gotcha. Okay. So you've um, basically been owning PT clinics, managing it for about 25 plus years? Well, yeah, I graduated from PT school in 1999, started that clinic in 2002. So you know, we're at the end of 2001. Yeah, I, yeah I've got a couple decades in the industry as a PT owner. That is crazy. So thank you for taking the time to jump on the podcast and no video with me to share yeah. your knowledge and wisdom of, of owning a PT clinic for 20 years. So I appreciate yeah, I'm, that. I'm flattered that you would reach out, man. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. So um, one thing I wanted to start off with is, um, you know, what would you say, I guess, in your years of managing a physical therapy clinic is what would you say is like the hardest part of owning a PT clinic just business wise? Um, the hardest part, um, I think it can come down to a couple of things. The, the first being sometimes you can feel like you're alone on an Island as a business owner um, in your clinic. You feel like you're the answer, man. You probably feel the same way. Edric, oh, yeah. owning a business right for sure um and it's not necessarily pt specific but it, it, it's it's small business owner um specific in that you feel like you're the answer man you're responsible for everything uh it, it's especially if you're in your smaller newer clinic or business um it's all dependent upon you um the e-myth revisited that book by michael gerber kind of illustrates it perfectly in that it, it's all dependent upon you. All you are all the systems. You are all the jobs. You are everything, right? And right. and that can be one thing to be that becomes difficult. And then the second thing is being a business owner of a PT clinic specifically is it, we didn't get any training. Uh, I'd say ninety nine point eight percent of us maybe. I'll, so I'll, I'll leave a little room there for somebody who did have an MBA before. Uh, opening up their PT clinic or had some business um, ownership prior to that. But our PT training was PT specific and it was not business specific. And that can be hard for some PT owners to uh, tolerate because we are high achieving individuals. We have master's and doctorate degrees. We've done very well to simply get into PT 
programs and pass our PT exams. But we have to recognize that we didn't get BT, P, uh, business specific training. And so to simply hang our shingles out and say, I have a clinic now and I provide great physical therapy care simply isn't enough. <clears throat> it doesn't typically equate to having a successfully run business. Right. Okay. So what you're saying is, is the lack of, of training, you know, from being a physical therapist, getting that, that master's and, and doctorates, um, and then just jumping into uh, owning a business, which I'm, I'm guessing you have a lot of overhead as a, if, you know, if you're going to open up a physical therapy clinic um, and then going through all of that, uh, all of that, all of the, the struggles um, is, is, uh, is, a, is a difficult part. Well, not just for PT clinics, but just for almost every, every business out there. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think something that rang true to me. Um, it, I, I know I've learned it in my past, but Eric Miller of Econologics shared a concept at a conference that I was at regarding the three hats of a business owner. And a hat is simply your responsibility, your job, your duty, if you will. Um, and those three hats that we wear as business owners are the owner hat, we own the business, the administrator hat, you know, we're managing people, systems, you name it. And then there's the technician hat, the, that hat or that job that actually produces the product. Uh, in our case, the technician hat would be the, the physical therapist hat. And all of us as business owners wear all of these three hats. Yet our responsibility is to eventually start shedding at least one of the hats and eventually two of the hats so that you only sit in the owner hat now and that's a hat that you can never get rid of so when i say shedding one of the hats you can either be an owner technician or you can be an owner administrator and your job is to figure out what you want to do and hire and delegate and train someone else to take over that other hat now most pt clinics that i've been a part of in, in terms of coaching them uh, th those PT owners uh, that are stuck and the PT owners that I've seen become successful are the ones that shed the technician hat and start and step out of providing the patient care directly one-on-one -on -one, full-time at least and spend more time in their owner and administrator hat training individuals to produce better as physical therapists, but also making sure the systems are running well so that the patient experience is good, that they're um, maximally productive, that they're getting maximum reimbursement on their, uh, the care they provide, managing marketing systems, which you know all about, managing recruiting and hiring systems and programs and the training of the people. Um, that the most successful PTs are, PT owners are those that shed that technician hat and live successfully in the owner administrator hat and the most successful ones, the top 5% of PT owners are the ones that eventually shed the administrator hat as well, delegate and train a leadership team. And now they sit comfortably in the owner hat running from above. Gotcha. Okay. How long uh, would you say it took you to get rid of that um, technician hat when you first started uh, your, your clinic? Oh man. 
that took a long time. <laughs> so, and, and so that's why I'm, I get so excited when I talk to PT owners and I coach them when they're only like a year or two into their PT clinic ownership and they're looking to grow their business and, and achieve more and do more because, you know, two or year, two years into ownership, man, I wish I had done what I'm coaching owners to do now earlier on in my ownership journey, because I would have saved so much money. I would have made, accelerated my progress so much faster. It took me, oh, geez, at least a good 10, 12 years to get out of patient care because I didn't know. Uh, there's so many more resources now for owners now than there was um, when I started in 2002, um, whether it's coaches, consultants, the APTA's support for private practice owners, all that is so much better and there's so much more available to us. But back then, I, just, I was just a physical therapist that happened to own a business. And if you had asked me back in the, t in the day, uh, pe people would say, you know, how's your business? How are you doing? And I'd say, you know what? Uh, I love treating patients. I hate running the business. And it showed. I, I, I was relatively successful. Financially, I was doing okay. And I had, you know, a couple, one or two other providers but we were pretty stagnant. We weren't really going far. And, and I didn't really, I, I can say I was a poor leader at that time um, until I figured out how important it was to step out of patient care and take the time to run my business. And that is one of the most successful actions that a PT owner can take is stepping out of patient care at a minimum two half days a week to work on their business. Gotcha. And but it took me a decade or more to get out of that. Wow. And it was a hard transition. Wow. What well, is it? Was it because you, you like treating so much or you um, didn't like the business aspect of like running the business aspect that led you to um, stay in that technician role? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things that go into it. And, and this is typical of most physical therapists, especially physical therapy owners in, in that our identity is wrapped up in the care that we provide, mm. right? So I've spent, if you consider the whole length of my education to get to a master's degree, which I have in physical therapy, is all about being a physical therapist, practicing physical therapy, and this is what I am. I'm a physical therapist, right? And so what makes it difficult is that you're telling me to not do what, I've been trained to do for the past 20 plus years. And the second part of that is, well, what am I going to do with that time? Again, it goes back to the business training. I don't know. I don't know how to run a business. I'm just a really good physical therapist that gets results for patients. So what am I going to do with that time? That is, that would be, that would make it productive. And that would make it worth it for me to step away from treating patients because our mindset is, not only am I a physical therapist, but how do I generate money for a business if I'm not seeing a patient one-on-one, -on -one? Mm. right? Right. So, because we can easily equate our treatment time, that hour that I do with patient care returns back to me at so many dollars per visit, whatever that rate is, $90 per visit, right? So I know that my value is tied up in that patient care, but not knowing that your business needs more from you and your business could do more from your, and your employees could do more if 
you spent time in the administrative part, but we just don't know what that looks like. It's very nebulous. I mean, yeah, you need to spend admin time. It's easy for me to say that and tell you that's what is needed, but you don't have any training in what you would do at that time. So is it worth it? What am I going to do? Pay bills, <laughs> catch up on my documentation. Look at email. Look at emails. I mean, these are unproductive things. Um, and that's where, that's where it's vital, imperative that PT owners get some kind of business training um, that, that by hiring a coach, that's what we teach you to do. I do that. There's others in the space that do that as well. Read books, listen to podcasts. I have my podcast where I interview PT owners as well. Physical Therapy Owners Club podcast. Um, there are so many more resources for you, resources for you now, but getting that kind of training and paying the tuition, if you will, of, of what it takes to, to run a business and what you would do with that admin time. Right. Was there like a certain, was there a certain trigger where one day you were like, Jesus, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like I have to run the business side of this or was um, this whole progression. You know what it was is, um, so my business partner at the time was Will Humphreys. And he said, Hey, I signed up for this free, uh, course. Well, I, I, he, we might, he might've paid a couple thousand bucks, but he, and he wasn't a business. He, we were kind of semi partners at the time and, and the story is kind of long and drawn out. So I won't get into it, but we were semi business partners at the time. And he said, I signed up for this course and I can bring someone else for free. So why don't you come with me? And it's about business, how to improve your business, right? Get it. I think it was actually marketing based, like how to increase your referrals or something like that. And so we went up to Seattle and went to that conference or, or to, to that, that um, training. And it was just he and I, and one other guy, Steve Rodriguez, he was wow. a stud. And, and, um, and they, they took us through this training for two or three days. And of course, at the end of the training, they're like, okay, we can show you so much more, but you've got to pay tens of thousands of dollars for it. Yeah. And, and it was during that meeting though, that I turned to, well, uh, somewhere along the course of the weekend, I turned to, well, like, dude, we've got to do things differently. Like I've been doing this for over a decade. There's so much more that we can do. I, I don't, I don't know what else to do, but I know that something has to change. And, and I could see the burnout coming if I wasn't already there at the time. Uh, I knew that, you know, employees were probably ripping me off. I knew that our production wasn't where it could be, wasn't maximized. So um, is that, that's, a, that's the option that's presented in front of me right now. Let's, and, and I'm telling you, this, this was like over 50,000 bucks. Um, I'm like, let's pay it. Let's do it. Let's get trained. Let's get some, I, I, and again, I considered it, well, at the time I didn't think of this way, but now I look back on it. That was my tuition to get some business training, right? I paid for it and it paid off in spades, you know, on the back end, the, the ROI on that was great and, and super valuable. But it was, it was that point where I said, I need to make an investment. I need to make a sacrifice to make in order for this to change for the better. And when we did that, then things just changed dramatically. Wow. And that, that was when um, the, the clinic that you eventually sold with, uh, with Will, right? Yeah. So at the time, uh, just real short a summary is I had a clinic. He had a clinic or he might've had two. 
And then we also shared in, a, in another clinic. Um, and so it was kind of a his, his and ours type of situation. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so we, um, we eventually merged all those four, really honed in our procedures, developed a leadership team, profit margins were amazing, productivity was through the roof wow. to the point where when we did come onto the market to sell, we, we came to the market with about, uh, honestly, about 20 something other clinics. And of those other 20 clinics from different uh, areas of Phoenix and the different states, we had the highest profit margins pretty easily. Um, we had a, a, a culture and a leadership team that was better than any, anyone else had. Um, it was a very proud moment of ours to see how well we did and also to grow it to the point where we could sell it for what, what was at the time, probably three to four times what most clinics were getting on the market. Oh, that's a uh, really impressive to hear. And, uh, maybe I might even sign up for your business coaching, even though I'm not. Well, honestly, uh, Edric, and not to, not to sell to you, but a lot of what I'm doing in, in the coaching is typical small business stuff. I just have that experience from a PT side of things um, right. and that, that needs to be implemented, right? It's a, it's a matter of, and many times I have to go back to very fundamental things. What are your, what are your purpose values? What is your mission? Let's get clear on those things because if you're gonna grow and expand outside of yourself, you need to be very clear on it so you can find other people that are aligned with you, right? And some of that doesn't feel like you're getting a lot of traction initially in a, in, when I'm doing coaching sessions, but I promise you it pays off down the road. Like I said, as you start hiring aligned people and more importantly, getting rid of people who aren't aligned because they're holding you back from growth. But then it gets into, okay, what are your, what are your key statistics? And most PT owners, well, maybe most isn't the right word, but a large number of PT owners don't track their, the key statistics on a routine basis. And, but it, and it goes beyond that. What are the key statistics and how are they trending? Are they going up? Are they going down? And why? And what do we need to do next, right? So it, it's some of that stuff. It's HR related issues, how to handle people, how to put in programs to make your clinics more productive. Um, those are things that are, some of them are kind of fundamental business type things. Right. It's like, it goes back to the saying where uh, things aren't easy, but it's, it's simple to achieve or, or accomplish, right? There's a, there's a number of things or a list of things that if you do it, if you, if you are aware of it, first of all, and then if you do it and execute it properly, you're going to have X, X result. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it goes back. And, and there's a reason why so many small business books are popular because uh, across all genres or all industries, it's because we all have that same small business entrepreneur dilemma. It's why in some of the books that we, that were important to us that I recommend my coaching clients read um, is E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Um, Think and Grow Rich, especially, especially the first four chapters of Think and Grow Rich uh, by Napoleon Hill, uh, Traction by Gino Wickman, um, many of the books by Mike Michalowicz. Um, these are all, they're not industry specific, but they can very easily be applied to our clinics. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. 
Now, as um, as a business coach, did you have to learn how to be a coach as well when you first when you started PTO Club and started coaching other uh, clinic owners? You know, I actually did. Um, I took a course on coaching. I, I spent the money to hire a coach to be a coach. Um, and surprise, you might be surprised. No, I, I even have a coach now. Um, oh, wow. and so yeah, not necessarily, well, more business related, but yeah, a little bit on the coaching side and I've read books, you know, um, just looking at my library <laughs> behind me, there's, there are a couple books in there about the coaching habit is a really good one about how to be a coach. And that's right. a very important book again, for leaders to read if they're, um, when they start doing one-on-one -on -one meetings, and they want to coach their teams. I mean, that's essentially what the leader becomes is coaching other people to be more successful within their business and holding them accountable. And so, gotcha. yeah, um, reading a couple of books, took the course. I had some great mentors, if you will. I have coaches myself, but I got coached myself. And so um, I do some of the same, same things they did. Gotcha. And what is the, um, if you don't mind me asking, what is like the format of your, your programs look like? Uh, with your clients? Yeah, mine is, um, I don't know if it's necessarily unique. A lot of other coaches might follow the same format, but you know, for most PT owners, if they haven't had any coaching before um, with me or anyone else, then I, I want to, I recommend a seven month accelerator program where we spend seven months meeting twice a month, usually for about an hour, hour and a half to focus on the fundamentals that I shared with you to track their statistics uh, and see which way they're going to talk about, you know, okay, it looks like you're you need to start recruiting. Let's talk about your re recruiting plan. What are you doing for it? Let's talk about your marketing efforts. So what are you doing for marketing? Uh, what, what are you doing to capture past patients or get current referrals? Uh, how are you holding your team accountable? How are, are you doing regular meetings? So we start establishing some, some pretty fundamental things. In, in, but at the same time, dealing with any current issues that they're dealing with. So I, I, I want to say there is a plan to the seven-month program, but I don't neglect the fact that, hey, they might get on the phone and say, hey, my PT just quit. What am I going to do? Well, I'm not going to say, well, let's get through this stuff first and we'll talk about, your you know, we'll, no, we'll talk about how to handle that and then put, try to, and, and then put my stuff in place. Right. right. So okay. I, I like to think that I'm rather reactive in that regard. Um, after that seven month period, then we kind of have a discussion and a lot of my clients tend to then fall into what I call the CEO mentoring program. And that's where I meet with you once, once a month instead of twice a month. And you know, again, still we're, you're, we're tracking statistics, but I, I feel like I'm kind of taking on the responsibility of a CEO per se of their company. Like I'm trying to mentor them on what a, what a CEO would do if, uh, in their company and what they should be doing then in the future. Right. So a CEO would say, Hey, bring me your statistics bring me your problems and issues and tell me what your recommended solutions are and we'll work it out and I'll give you some guidance. And Hey, by the way, down the road, you need to consider this if you're not thinking about it right now. And what are, what are your goals for 2022 at the end of the year? Um, let's make sure we're heading in that right in that direction. And are we still staying true to our purpose and values? Gotcha. That sounds exciting. Yeah. Um, 
what's um just trying to look at my list of questions here prepared a, a couple um, <laughs> hmm. yeah i know that some of the top performers in the world they all have coaches trainers and consultants like michael jordan kobe kobe bryant had, yeah. had tim tim grover oh, of course yeah roger federer I'm mean, Tiger Woods the even at the top of their game they had coaches right yeah for sure it's like you don't you don't know what what you don't know right right and and you know when you're what's what's I don't remember the phrase phrase but when you're in the picture you can't really see it right <clears throat> so uh, what like a really exciting uh, a couple of success stories if you don't mind I can share uh, yeah. of coaching yeah. clients that I've had just recently um so I got off the phone with a couple of coaching clients, uh, PT owners in New Mexico. These women are awesome. They, um, they're really, they've kind of niched down to treat scoliosis patients. And they, <clears throat> like, they have as many patients as they want, essentially. Like they've got a two to three month waiting list of new patients trying to get in. Wow. Um, and so when I came on with them about, this is about six, seven months ago, they were still treating each of them, you know, 20 to 30 hours a week. They weren't tracking any statistics. Um, they didn't have any policy and procedures in place. Um, they know they wanted to expand to multiple clinics in the future. Um, and they knew they needed more space themselves. The, and what was super exciting. And this was just a couple of days ago. I got off the phone with them in that six month period. They had hired one, two, three more physical therapists running close to part, uh, close to full-time, if not full-time in how long over this, the six month, six to seven oh, month period months. that I was working with them. Yeah. And three new physical therapists, they moved into a new space in which they could now offer yoga classes and parent nights and all kinds of trainings and in-services for the community. Um, they're looking, uh, the, and this is probably most important, they had increased their gross revenues 33% over a six month period. They had also um, decreased their treating times to where one owner was not, no longer treating and the owner, other owner was down to maybe four or five hours a week, right? And she, and importantly, she's pregnant and doing in just a couple of months. So this was vital to her. Right. And now they're looking after the baby comes in early next year, in spring of next year, 2022, they're looking at their second location. They've got policies in place on how to train physical therapists. They got... Um, they're adding more to their front desk staff. They've, they've done, they've got a marketing strategy that is amazing um, that their marketer is working on and they are all now, and they have an organizational chart of people and responsibilities and they are well on their way to doing amazing things. And they made such amazing growth. It's, it's exciting to share that kind of success story, you know? Yeah, no, it sounds, uh, sounds like they have a roadmap for success that they can follow now where, they're not stuck in their business, like um, in that technician operator role and more. Yeah, exactly. And that's what one of them, who's kind of the designated clinic director, 
she said, you know, just a few months ago, I didn't know what to do as a clinic director. Like, I didn't know what stats you were talking about. I didn't know how to train somebody. And now I know what stats are specific to being a clinic director and why they're important. And I also know exactly how to train a physical therapist to be successful in my business and hold them accountable to be productive. And, and that was um, for her to now have that kind of control over that position in that company makes it really easy for her to now train the next clinic director in their company and expand to that second location. And they did that all in that this last six to seven months. I was super impressed. Wow. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a recipe. Yeah. For, for continued success down. down. Yeah. yeah. I know, I know what um, you were talking about holding uh staff accountable uh that's something you know i have uh, issues with myself well could you sh maybe share some uh some tips on on how to do that for other clinic owners well yeah the, i think one of the biggest things to get down to is number one okay determine what position they have in your company right and maybe it comes with a title and then recognizing what they produce like what is their main product if you're if you make twinkies your product is making twinkies mm -hmm. right if you're a, a shoemaker you should be making lots of good shoes right mm -hmm. in physical therapy space if you're a physical therapist you should know that you're providing quality physical therapy well there's kind of three parts to it you're providing great therapy right you're doing great documentation and you're billing accordingly, right? Th those are, those are your, your main three things. And if you're at the front desk, your job is to fill the schedules. I mean, that's, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done behind that, but they, you could get distracted is what I'm trying to say. If you're not really clear and you as leader need to make sure that the people who are there are really clear what their product is. Uh, and that's where I fell off as a leader initially is I'd hire somebody as it say, as a technician. Mm -hmm. And I would just default. I think I was really, I thought I was really cool. And I would just say, your job is to do whatever I tell you to do. That's your job. <laughs> well, that gives you no clarity. And that I, I, that's what I fell into because I wasn't clear, right? I wasn't clear as a leader, what my product was. And my product was to get the people who I work with on my team as productive as possible to produce that product that we produced, right? And, right. and if, and if I did that and my profits were good, then I, I made my product. And if a front desk person is really good at filling the schedule, then they're a real good front desk person, right? Their right. job, and sometimes that, and so what I mean by distraction is that sometimes that front desk person could be thinking that their job is to um, verify insurances, like be on the phone with, with uh, insurance companies to get the benefits mm -hmm. at the sake of scheduling the patient who's leaving for their next appointment. All right. Or at the sake of collecting that copay. Mm. Right? So recognize your, now there are products. There are also sub products that can be as important, like collecting all the copays that are due that day from patients that come in. But the main product is to get everybody in and fill that schedule don't let those patients drop off. Don't let them cancel them, let some, them stop therapy. The front desk the main responsibility is to fill the schedules. The main responsibility of the therapist is to see as many patients as possible ethically and quality wise 
and bill and document appropriately for it. Right? And then for the technician, what I would tell them now, their job is to support the physical therapist, not to treat patients for the physical therapist, but support the physical therapist so that they can get home at a reasonable time without any notes to be done at the end of the day, right? If a technician's doing that. So that's just an example in a PT setting, what the, where you start is getting really clear, like what is your main responsibility? And you as a leader need to be clear as to what everyone's posts responsibilities are. What is their one key product and what is the step that tracks that, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I'm starting so to see, if, see what you're talking about. So if you have a product and you have a stat, then you can tell if that person's performing their job well by the stat. You know, you don't say, uh, so if in your case, um, someone is supposed to create social media content and that's their one job, right? Well, how much social media content did, did you produce this week? Uh, and if you want to take a step further, how much really captivating social media content, did you, quality social media content did you create this week that we can use, right? And that would be their job. That's their product. And if they do that well, and they do a lot of it, they're even more powerful. Wow. Yeah, that's super powerful. I can see how uh, someone who is like maybe managing a bunch of locations that is not profitable, uh, just being really clear on, you know, what's going on, everybody's roles, their, their products and their KPIs, um, getting on a call with you to figure all of that out. I can see how valuable that, that would be as a, as a CEO slash owner. Of the yeah, exactly. And that's where um, it, it's really clear. Uh, it, it helps when for a small business owner, it helps to be clear on those things. Right. And, and it really helps to kind of sketch out the organization you know, you hear about org boards or organizational charts mm-hmm. yeah. to really sketch out what the different positions are in your company. So you know where everybody lands and what their responsibilities are and how they're connected to each other. Um, and how, so, often, uh, how often would you like, would you have somebody update those organizational charts? Do you update it often or is it something that you do and then you don't look at it for the next six months? Uh, no, and it, it's going to change, especially as you hire and fire people, because that organizational chart, although it has a position like physical therapist, there's going to be a number of physical therapy names underneath it, physical therapists themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And you and you as the owner CEO, you're going to have mo- your name in multiple positions across that org chart, right? right. <laughs> so right. for a PT owner, you're going to be at the top as an owner. You're going to be underneath that as a CEO is going to be your name. You're going to, and if you're like these um, two women in New Mexico, uh, one of you is going to be uh, the head of the, the clinical operations, the clinical director, and her name's going to go there as well as the CEO and the, or the co-CEO and co-owner in her case. Uh, the other one's going to have her name over the financial division. One of them is going to be responsible for the marketing division. And so your name if you're a sole practice, a sole owner is going to be littered across that organizational chart doing all the things, right? right? And, so and you want to keep that updated and find people to delegate and take those spots. So, so then you would update the organizational chart at that time. Right. Let's say you, uh, you map out the organizational chart and um, your employees aren't doing 
their jobs? What, what, what do you do like in that scenario? Like, how would you address it? How would you teach your, uh, your clients to address it? Yeah. Um, in that situation, maybe we would role play a little bit, but it would probably start where, Hey, um, John wanted to bring you in because I want, I want to just make sure that we're on the same page. Right. And, and I'd, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your position and what expectations are and, and go from there. And so let, let's just talk about that. And, and in doing so, tell me in your own words, what is your main product? Like, what do you produce? What's your main responsibility? And they could go, go on and they'll probably use a lot of words and, and be, be very effluent and talk about this, that, and the other thing. And, and, I, and I would say, okay, I, I want to, again, I want to make sure we're getting on the same page. To be clear, your responsibility in blankety blank physical therapy is to be a physical therapist. And your main product is to treat physical therapy or to, to provide quality care and document and uh, uh, bill appropriately for that care. Now, can we agree to that? That's essentially your main, I mean, we're talking about main products. This is your main responsibility, right? That one thing, if you're doing that one thing, well, you're doing really well in my company. Can we agree to that? Okay, cool. Okay. There's one statistic that tracks that. And do you know what that statistic is that I'm tracking? And they'd say, well, well probably the number of visits that I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's your main, your one key stat. So my expectation, and this is what we had back in the day, our main expect, our key expectation was that you're going to see 60 visits a week and you're going to document and bill appropriately for those 60 visits a week. That's your minimum baseline expectation to get the salary that we agreed upon. Right. And, and so uh, I, I might not share all that information with him, but just for, uh, just as a point of reference and then coming back to the conversation, I'd say, so that one key statistic is total visits. And remember our minimum expectation, right. And say, yeah, 60 visits. Do you know where you've been the past few weeks? Uh, I haven't quite hit that. That's why we're having this conversation today for this to be a win-win relationship. We need to talk about what you can do to increase uh, the number of total the visits that you're seeing so that we can have a, this win-win relationship. Um, now that conversation could go a lot of different ways, but what I guess what I'm trying to show there, Edric, is that I want this to be a, uh, um, I want to put the problem out on the table without any finger pointing or blaming and making really clear that the focus is understanding that we both understand each other well, and that we are both gonna talk about this issue, but it's ultimately their responsibility to come forward and produce what they're supposed to produce and trying to invite them into that conversation. Gotcha. Have you, um, in the past, after, after the business training, have you ever had to uh, let go of any employees that, that weren't performing? Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah and 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 this is where but uh, please understand this is where i am now i probably would have handled that conversation significantly differently 10 years ago right right uh, but that's that's another hiccup for most small business owners for most small business owners um some are very much better at it at um holding people accountable because most pt owners uh, they have a commonality in their personalities such that they like to be liked. They want to be, they are the nice guys, 
they are the heroes that come in with the cape, but they're very nice and compassionate towards everything about the patient, right? Their pain, their financial issues, their family issues. They're very compassionate people. Right. So to hold someone accountable on their team who they love and respect can be very difficult for them because they don't know how to do that without creating some offense, without them getting defensive, without making it a us, you know, me versus you type of relationship. Um, and so they have to get some coaching and maybe walk through and role play some of those scenarios so that they feel comfortable recognizing uh, how they can invite the person without, without being able to control how they're going to respond. They could fly off the handle, but know that what you're doing is the right thing and be okay with it. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Um, cool. Uh, let's see taking a look at my long list of uh, uh, questions here. Um, well, here's, here's one thing I, I kind of want to ex explore or, or, or talk about. Um, would, would you say that uh, a lot of PT clinic owners, the reason why they're not succeeding is, is it like a mental thing? Is it like a, something that's holding them back or is, is it like a lack of knowledge or like a lack of, like a lack of belief in themselves? Like, but I don't know. Tony Robbins talks about that a lot. Like it's, you know, it's like, a, it's like success is, uh, it's like a lot, a lot of it is, is mental. Totally. Do you have an option there for D all of the above? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all that stuff, man. It goes back to, we don't have the business training. We, we don't know what we don't know. We're the, what we need to do is nebulous to us because I treat patients. I don't know what there is more beyond that kind of thing. Why can't I just hire somebody to do it? Well, yeah, you could hire somebody to do it, but now you don't know how to manage somebody well, right? You don't know how to manage by statistics and you don't know how to uh, approach them and hold them accountable to those statistics because you're not clear. So yeah, you don't know what you don't know. You don't have the knowledge. You don't have the training. You, and then yeah, you don't see, maybe a lot of people don't see themselves as leaders. That was my issue. It's like, I want, I was looking for somebody to take the ownership hat off of me without recognizing that, no, I could never let go of that. I always have the ownership hat and I can't give that to someone else. What, what does that, what does that mean? Like not, not giving that ownership hat. Like I wanted someone to run the business, just let me be a PT and to, and then and if it didn't do well, I'd, I'd blame them for it instead of being responsible for the business and its growth and looking in the mirror and saying, no, if you want this to change, it's up to you to change and get the knowledge that you need to get. Mm. Right. And so, uh, it, yeah. It, and then it's, <clears throat> you know, I think, unfortunately, like, so your, your expertise is in the marketing space. Right. And I think some owners want to just kind of give the marketing over to you and let you do it all without taking any responsibility for it. I, I don't know if you have that experience, but I'm trying to make something that's relatable to your situation. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, there's, there's uh, times where we generate a lot of uh, leads and opportunities, but no one's calling them from their clinic or their, yeah. Yeah, they're not following yeah. up. And yeah. so, and so they, they kind of, they, they haven't delegated some marketing responsibilities to you. They've abdicated 
their role as the marketing manager to use you as a party to help them in their marketing strategy. And so if they haven't really taken on the responsibility of being in charge of the marketing for their clinic, they look at you as taking over the marketing and then they're no longer responsible for it. Or, you know, you guys are supposed to do all the work and get me a bunch of patients and just kind of abdicate that responsibility instead of working together with you. Right. What would you say would be the, I guess, the correct thing or the responsible thing for the owner to do instead of abdicating it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Could you talk about that? Again, again, this goes back to they have to have the time to do this. So if they're treating patients, they don't have this kind of time. And even two half days a week probably isn't sufficient, but it's a place to start. Recognize that you have to have a marketing strategy that covers the four key areas of marketing for a physical therapy clinic. There are four buckets, if you will. And I still, I steal this from Steve Line. He's a pot, he's a, um, very successful physical therapist in Nebraska. And he did this article in, in impact magazine. And I did a podcast episode with him about it. And I loved it so much because it was clear and clean. And I can then easily share it with people like you today and my coaching clients, but there's four buckets. There is physician referrals, right? There are uh, mark. There is marketing to past patients, which should be a large list of people. There's marketing to current patients to get family and friend referrals. And then there's marketing directly to the consumer, which covers a lot of stuff of which you are a part of. That's what you do at medical practice referrals. Am I right? Right. Yeah. We, yeah. Specifically uh, Facebook in, in right. that direct to consumer world. So yeah. you would be in that fourth bucket. Now, if they say, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to maintain my patient relationship. My, if they were to take a, if, um, if you came to me, this would then become my marketing strategy. I'll keep my relationships with my physicians. And then I'm going to give out this direct to consumer stuff to you. And all I'm, and I'm not going to even focus on that fourth bucket that I talked about. I'm just going to focus on physicians, which would be a recipe for, I wouldn't say disasters, but disaster, but it's not going to be successful because I've abdicated it and I let you do all that marketing. But if I'm in charge of marketing, and if you don't have a marketing director, then you are in charge of marketing. I would, what you would, what you should be saying is I'm, yes, I'm going to keep uh, marketing to the physicians and keeping those relationships to keep those referrals coming. I'm going to use Edric and his team to help my direct to consumer outreach program. And I need to set aside time to monitor that program, to manage it, to communicate with Edric and his team and and I need to set up this plan going forward that Edric and my team and his team, we're going to meet, I'm going to pick something, Edric, and maybe it goes differently than this. I'm going to meet with him Wednesdays at 3 p.m. every week to monitor what the referrals were like that we received and what we could do differently, what we need to do better, and then to map out our plan for the next week. And we're going to look at statistics when we meet <clears throat> on a weekly basis. And then we're going to encapsulate those on a monthly basis, which is a little bit bigger or or a little bit longer meeting, maybe a little bit more detailed about what we want to do for the upcoming month and what our expectations are going forward. So do you see the difference? Like I'm going to be intentional about bringing on Edric and his team and intention means I'm going to follow up. I'm, we're going to, we're going to brainstorm together. We're going to look at statistics together and that's, that's delegation versus abdication and it's, it's intention 
there's a big difference there. Intention and planning. Yeah, no, that's, that's huge. Yeah. I have a lot of clients um, that are fit into that bucket of ab- abdicating the marketing role and then not wanting to take any responsibility at all. When we, when we do review the numbers, you know, here are all the leads generated. We go into the CRM, we look at how many calls were made and then there's no calls. And then, and then, uh, yeah, it, it just goes downhill from there. So, yeah. And that's where it would be important. If you're starting to see that as a trend among some of your PT owners and, and I'm sorry if this is me coaching you a little bit, but no, that's fine. you don't mind yeah, is where you see that and say, this is how our relationship is going to be most successful. Uh, you're, you're hiring me on as uh, essentially a marketing assistant, right? But in order for my services to be most successful for you, we're going to need the following things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to track these statistics and we're going to meet, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but we're going to meet weekly and review these statistics and what your team and my team are doing to improve them if you cannot meet with me weekly, I then I would strongly recommend that we do so. But if you can't, just recognize that a lot of our efforts might be, uh, maybe this is a good word for you, maybe it's not wasted. And a lot of our, our efforts might be wasted because we need to work together on this. We can't, we're not working alone in a silo to support you. We, this is a teamwork effort. And I'm going to share with you what, what you need to look for and what you need to see and also what your team needs to do in, in order for me and you to work well together and be most successful. And that's where you on the front end can kind of prep what a successful relationship looks like. Wow, that's huge. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. I'm definitely going to use that on all of my onboarding calls from now on. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you have it, and, and even better, if you have it written out for them as part of the contract or agreement, and say, listen, these are some of the things that we expect out of you and you can expect from us. You know, you, if you, we're going to do these things and in order for these things to be most successful, it's going to also uh, require you to do the following things. And maybe that, I don't know if that's part of a contract necessarily, but just something that an, an understanding, written understanding between both people. That, and I would recommend you go, at, go through it bullet point by bullet point. Yeah. And they're going to say, well, I don't have the time to do this. Well, then you really need to consider going forward with this relationship because you're going to spend a lot of money and you're going to get a ton of referrals that are going to die on the vine if you don't have the time, right? So you need to decide now if this is going to be important enough for you to, to put in this kind of commitment. Wow. And, and so when you give them that, that ahead of time and you say, I know you can do it. I've got multiple PT owners that, that have significantly improved their, their businesses and it's because they followed this formula, right? And I know it can be hard and I know you're busy, but if you're looking to get significant results by working with us, this is what, this is the formula that we've seen can happen. And I know you can do it. It's, it I'm, and I'm work, willing to work with you side by side on this, but this is what it's going to take. That's awesome. That's yeah, that's great. Is there um anything that, that you want to say about like any misconceptions about coaching that you want to just put out there or? Well, uh, when we say coaching, I guess the biggest misconception is just people don't know what it is, Mm. right? You could say consultant, you could say a coach, um, excuse me, you could, 
call it a number of different things, but no matter what you call it, people don't, people haven't been coached before. Well, I, I guess if you could make the analogy to sports, maybe let's do that. I mean, we could, uh, what, what is a coach? What is a consultant? And a coach is someone who's going to see where you're at. So imagine um, a basketball player. A coach is going to see how well are you dribbling? What does your shooting form look like? What are some of the practice routines that you're doing? And um, where are your weak spots, right? And so figure out where, what are your strengths? What are your weak spots? How, do you, how are you doing well in generally? And this can be seen through statistics. They'll, you know, you want to share stats with your, or with your coaches. Um, they'll ask you about different parts of your game. Where do you think you're weakest? Where do you think you need help? And they might have some ideas on their own, but they'll ask you as well. Um, and then start stretching you, start asking you questions. Like if it's a basketball player, okay, well, I'm going to have you shoot right here underneath the basket a hundred times until you hit it a hundred out of a hundred. And, and the person who's getting coached will be like, why were you doing this? <laughs> because we're, because he's laying a foundation for that basketball player. And, and a coach for, in a business sense would do the same thing. We should be doing, we should establish purpose, values, vision, goals, all these things. You might be saying, why are we doing this? And, right. Um, so they, they'll make you do things you wouldn't do on your own. They'll stretch you to force you to do things, again, you wouldn't do on your own. And they'll um, establish goals with you to make sure you hit the, the targets that you're looking for. So if I want to improve my free throw shooting percentage, I hire a coach to help me out. Well, that's the stat. That's the goal. We're going to get to be an 85% free throw shooter. And I'm going to work with you and do all the drills with you to get to that point. And it might even make you do some stuff that you don't want to do in order to get there but knowing that it's going to achieve the goal that you're looking for. So it, it's a matter of, um, you know, I made the analogy and maybe it's still not very clear, but most coaches are going to, they're going to work with you on a routine basis, some weekly, some bi-weekly, some monthly. They're going to expect things out of you. They're going to give you action items to perform in between calls or Zooms or whatever that is. But their, their main focus is to help you achieve your goals for your company and that and they'll do that by giving you some organization some structure some to push you to be a better leader at, and, and to focus on key statistics right and i think that the holding people accountable part uh plus the knowledge and awareness that you have um in your experience is yeah is super super valuable for anyone that uh needs needs coaching how um I guess how are are you still taking new new clients these days? Oh yeah, I'm always taking clients. I, I set aside time every week to do free consults with people. Um, they can reach out to me, Nathan at ptoclub.com. You can even text me. Uh, it's four eight zero six nine five three three four three, and we can set up a time. I'll probably before the call I'll probably send you a short little questionnaire as to get some of the details about your business. So we don't have to hash all that out on the phone call, but also it gives goes, helps me go into the call with a little bit of a mindset as to where you're at in, in your business. But yeah, I, I'm taking coaching clients. So I've got a mastermind. I've got the podcast. I've got one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. I've got le different levels of engagement for people who are simply looking for a resource. You can either be totally passive 
and simply listen to the podcast, or we can have a, a very close one-on-one relationship where we get together a couple of times a month awesome. and, if, and, and other engagement levels in between. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, just one, one last thing uh, before we uh, end, end uh, the call here. Um, I mean, what's, what's life like now for you? I know you have a family of, uh, of nine, right. Uh, and you know, <laughs> is, you know, before, you know, before the business training, like before, like during the old days when you weren't running the business properly and what life is like now for you. Yeah. Back in the day. And a lot of owners might be able to relate to this. It was, um, so imagine I had a newborn, right. And the baby, uh, might wake up late and go to bed early kind of thing. Right. Um, and I would work until seven, eight o'clock at night, seeing patients and then finishing up notes and maybe doing some extra business stuff afterwards and then get up early, sometimes like four in the morning, if I was busy, uh, to finish documentation. And so I can be to the clinic at six 30 or seven. And doing that a couple of days in a row would mean I would not see my baby awake for three to four days at a stretch, right? So that's where I started as an owner. I was like, this sucks. I need to do something different. <laughs> and it even extended further. It was like, I go on a one week vacation and I would be getting calls almost every day, every other day from my team down in Arizona. Hey, so-and-so doctor called want this or so this patient's upset and so-and-so put in their two-week notice and always something the, the fire always caught when I was gone and so uh, by the time that um, Will and I sold yeah I, we could go on vacation and we were just fine we didn't have those calls um, I had a regular schedule um, where I focused on the business I wasn't treating patients at the time, had a leadership team that was amazing that would take care of all that stuff for us. And I was focused on opportunities like selling my business. And so uh, now, yeah, I have a, I have seven children. And so that is a family of nine. Yes. Um, I'm focused on whatever opportunities I'm, I get excited about. So I'm getting back into diagnostics, EMGs and musculoskeletal ultrasound specifically up here in Alaska, where we live. Um, looking at other PT opportunities, doing more coaching and honestly doing some real estate stuff that makes it a lot of fun. So that's the cool thing about when, when you're really wearing that owner hat well that I was talking about and you have admin teams, leadership teams and teams that are producing and in line with your purpose and values, you can sit in that ownership seat and look at opportunities that either could be further growth and expansion of your current clinics it could be real estate, it could be stocks, it could be other ventures, it could be in the physical therapy space, it could be without it. Um, and so, and that's, that's um, fortunately for me where I'm at now. Well, that's, that's awesome, Nathan. And again, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk about your experiences and give some, drop some knowledge and advice 